Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Amen. Win the world within. Excited? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, as um, Omar was up here sharing, I just wanted to um, go ahead and just emphasize and, and really uh, focus on how important I feel this week is for us and, and uh, as a church and for every single um, one of you individually, personally, in your own life. And uh, you've ever, you've, I mean, this is me speaking for a moment. Have you ever been um, just there maybe in your own mind and you said, man, I was just made for so much more. Like, I know there's more. I, God, can you call me to? Lord, what can I do? And uh, I, I've done that and like I'll drive around my neighborhood. I'm like, to the point where I've thought about passing flyers to all my neighbors and having them all meet at a park at a certain time. And just like trick them all and just say, I came over here and invited you to share, preach the gospel. Like, I was like, I don't know, you know. Have you ever, have you ever like had like weird thoughts like that? Like, what can I do for the Lord? I want to do something radical for the Lord. Anyone like that? No. Four, five, seven. It's growing. Oh, man. Well, those are the things that go on in, in, in my own self. And sometimes it torments me. But it's a good torment. Amen. <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good way of thinking. Like, Lord, what? what I need to be inclined and listen to you. You know, Pastor Frank came up here and he shared something in the 930 huddle. And we're going to introduce him up here in a little bit, him and his family. But, you know, this, this shouldn't be necessarily to the Christian a big deal. It shouldn't be uh, something that's extreme, extravagant, something radical. It should be something that the church is doing. And um, I believe that to start off this series, this is going to be just a special a special time together in regards to what is love life, what, we, what we'll be doing, and the impact it's going to have. You know, sometimes we plant a seed, sometimes we water. The Lord brings the growth. You don't see everything right in the forefront. Monday we'll get to glory and we'll walk into eternity. And the Lord will say, come here, I want to show you something. Remember that week? Remember what the, how the Lord stirred your heart? I want you to see what it grew into. And I want to introduce you to someone. I mean, that's just the beauty of how the Lord works. We're going to get into all of this, but throughout this month, it's going to be a, a special month. Look at the person next to you and just say, so happy to see you today. It's going to be an awesome month. You know, I hope you come back next Sunday. Bring someone with you. It's a long conversation I have with them right now. After that, we could go get lunch together. Your pain. All right. But throughout this month, we're going to be in this series, as you just saw this graphic, this video in the background. It's a series of messages that are aimed uh, specifically at winning the world within. And you caught that. You caught that by the title and maybe by some of the graphics. You'll see what we're talking about. Because yes, we're living in this world, but we would agree that personally, each one of our worlds is different. Maybe some of ours are similar but they could be different, meaning that the lens in which I see this world may be different than how you see it. You've ever spoken to someone, you thought you had so much in common, you have dinner with them, and you're like, oh, we're just a little bit different. I, just, I thought we had more in common than what we did. And it's all because w- w- there's just one thing that they see different than you, and they see it from a different lens. Something else that we should consider and, and we're going to focus on is that though there is so much happening around us every day, 
we forget to give attention to something very important, to give attention to everything that is happening within us every day. How many of you have things happening to you every day that surrounds you, around you, at work, with your family, in your neighborhood, your children, your parents, I mean, whatever it is, you just got things going on constantly in your life around you. But it's to pause throughout the next few weeks and also speak about what's happening within you every single day. Because that's important. Because we're so caught up with the world around us that we may have neglected the world within us. And I want to focus on that. You know, so many could come and say, well, I've achieved, you know, I've achieved, I've achieved milestones. And they could say in, in their professional careers, look at all the stuff that I've achieved. Look at my resume. I've graduated from a, a prestigious university. I'm making, I'm making income that I've always dreamed of. I've developed a family that I've always longed for. And sometimes people live for that. This American dream sometimes is what people are chasing. But yet they put their heads on the pillows. And yet some of them, they still have questions, don't they? Questions that are unanswered still. Souls that are heavy. Spirits that are broken and that are lost. Hearts. Hearts that are hurt and that are damaged. Minds that are undisciplined. Minds that are unorderly. They have all of this success, but inwardly, they're still driven in darkness. And that's going on with a lot of people in this world. That's going on maybe with a lot of us that are in here today. I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm coming to church faithfully. I'm doing everything I can, but I have this in eternal war that's inside of me i need help man you are here for an awesome month to speak about the world that's inside of you amen Amen. and i believe it's going to be powerful i believe it's going to be something where hopefully you'll come to the and the gospel and the truth of his word the presence of the lord will deliver you from all these things and truly cause you to live in freedom because when we say man we've achieved and we're winning in this world around us Think about how many, though, in saying all that, are losing the world within. You hear us say here every Sunday when we walk in, how are you doing good, but are you really doing good? How's everything? Everything's great. How's the family? Amazing. Are you? Is the family really amazing? Are you really doing good? Are you really winning? You're really happy? You have the joy inside of you? All while losing, right, the world within. Many people are going through that. They're still living with void and a void deep down inside, uh, unforgiveness. And maybe this strikes your heart. There's unforgiveness still. There's hidden sin. Sick. Tormented. Maybe there's layers of lies in your life. How much longer are you going to continue to live with those lies? Pain, confusion, bitterness. You guys get the point? So what we'll do is we'll spend the month focusing on the world within Because we already know the condition of the world around us. How would you describe the world around us right now? Chaos, confused, sick. I mean, you could say a bunch of different ways, different words to describe it. But what is the condition of the world within you? I wrote this down. I highlighted it. I'll say it again next week. Is your personal world the one that surrounds you affected? Everyone say affected. Because the intimate world, the one within you, is infected. And I want you to think about that. As we start off this week, there's an infection deep inside. And because of that infection, everything is affected around me. And the way I start receiving victory around me is when I start to see life within me. And I start winning within. 
that the kingdom of heaven would become alive within this man. That the soul within me would begin to rejoice. Come on, win the world within. I really hope you're excited for this next month. I am. And I really hope that you're here, that you come with an open heart, ready to write notes, ready to pray, ready to open up before the presence of the Lord, ready to come alongside a brother and a sister and just say, I need prayer, ready to cry. We'll order more tissue boxes. Whatever needs to be done. But let therapy and healing happen in the house of the Lord. Amen? Come on. I, I hope amongst God's people that we could see that. So, to start off our series today, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be different, but I believe it's much needed. Much needed because it's, it's not just a topic, it's more than a topic being dis- discussed. It's actually an issue that needs to be addressed. It's not about, like, oh, what can we talk about today? Let's talk about, and we just fling it. But it's an issue that should be addressed. And that's the abortion issue that we have, the abortion problem that we have. Abortion problem that we have in our world. One that we have in our country, in our very own state, guys, in our very own city. Amen? In our very own city. And that's what I want to do today, and that's what we want to do with Love Life. They're going to be, they're here today with us. And if you walked by the Hype Center, you saw maybe a table with some other merchandise on it. They're going to explain to you what's going on. But I, but, but I believe that as we start this off, I, I think it's going to be a special week for our church. As tomorrow, as Wednesday, forgive me, we're, we're going to come together and we're going to have worship on. And we're going to come together on Wednesday and we're going to pray together. We're going to fast all Wednesday. We're going to prepare to do a prayer walk on Saturday morning. I mean, we have a, a very special week that we're launching right now, right here at our church. And we believe it's going to be something amazing. So, so prepare yourself to fast all day Wednesday. Prepare yourself. Since I'm fasting, I might as well come to my brothers and sisters and pray together. Come to church. We're going to have the, we'll be here earlier from 7. The doors will be open. Music will be playing. Come early to pray. And, and it's just going to be special this Wednesday as we open this up. Some of the men are going to be here. We're going to take turns praying out loud. It's going to be just very special on Wednesday, Wednesday night. And then Saturday, we all get together, and we'll have the address up. We're going to be pumping it up through social media, through text message, but it's going to be an amazing march. And, and this is what we're introducing as we start our series off. This is what we're introducing with Love Life, and this is what we're going to get involved with. And it's to understand this right here, the sanctity of life, the, to win the world within as it's coming alongside of it, and, and having Love Life here, and them coming up here in a moment, and, and sharing um, what they're all about and sharing some stats with us. I hope it stirs your heart to really say, hey, you know how you opened up and you said, I feel like there's something in me that wants to do something. I hope this is it. That you're saying, finally, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go. I'm going to be there in the morning. I'm going to join you guys. And you truly just take a step of obedience. You might not have all the answers. You might not know everyone there, but come. Come, get your blue shirt. They're going to be giving them out there for a donation. He's going to explain that, whether it's $2 or $20. But we know that this house is going to, Bless well because it's, you know, it's going to bless that. And, and you put on your shirt. It's what is, I love how you guys describe it, right? It's sea of blue, um, walking and praying. Um, we we want to just do that. And maybe you're here like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of this alongside you, Pastor, alongside Pastor Frank, his family, um, all the missionaries that are there. We're going to be part of this thing and, and walk in obedience on Saturday to join in this prayer and fight for those who can't fight for themselves. I'm excited for it. 
I, I love this passage. I want to read this passage. And it's a passage in which we've used and we use here many times, uh, especially when it comes to dedicating children and when we do baby dedications here. Let's put it up on the screen. It's Psalm 127. As soon as you see it, you know exactly which scripture we're talking about. Let's just read verse 3, 4, and 5 here for a moment. Children. Yeah. Children. children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring, a reward from Him. How many of you have read this verse before? You've heard this verse. They're like arrows in the hands of a warrior or children born to, in one's youth. Verse 5. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. You guys see this scripture? And here's the psalmist, and it's, a, it's every time we grab a child, we, we tend to go to the scripture, and I think it's so important, some of the things that we're seeing in the scripture, and, and it's focusing on children and the importance of children. Well, what does it say? Well, children are very important, so important to the heart of the Lord, so important to the heart of God. What are they? They're an heritage. It's a heritage from the Lord. They're an offspring, a reward from Him. I mean, we dedicate these children and we recognize, like, this is a gift from God. This is a reward from the Lord. How many of you are parents and you recognize, like, my child is a gift from God. My child is a blessing. My goodness, sometimes they could drive you crazy. I get it. But at the end of the day, you know very well, they are a reward from heaven that has been given and trusted to you. And your ministry is deep with your child. And scripture is telling us this. It's a heritage from the Lord, a reward from Him. It's, it's beautiful. There's, there's, there's power in this. There's, there's something that's mightily spoken here. And as we introduce this, the sanctity of life and, and we speak for the unborn child, the child that is still in the womb, the same thing applies. The scripture applies that, that it's a promise and it's a blessing. It's a, it's a thing of honor from the Lord. It's a gift from God as it's growing and alive in the womb. Amen? And the psalm is, is, is already really breaking that down and, and telling us that. And as a church, collectively, we have the ability, not very far from now, at least me, this is how I am. I, 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 planning is important. How many of you would agree that planning is important, being organized is important? But there's something about me. I hate planning for something that's so far away because I'm anxious for it. And I'm like, oh, i got to wait six months for this to happen. And you plan for it, let's say. What's beautiful about this is we have the ability this weekend coming up. It's not weekends from now or a month from now. It's this weekend coming up with many others. This is the 40th week of this prayer. It's, they're coming to an end this, for this year. And we're coming alongside and, 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 and we're going to say we're going to join them and we're going to pray with them and walk with them. And they're expecting hundreds to even a thousand maybe to show up. And, and we're going to be part of a number. They're going to cry out to the heavens, cry out to the Lord and fight and believe war. But a, but a war of prayer and a walking, a war of a tender heart before God and saying, Lord, we want to we declare this to the heavens. And this weekend, what an honor to step out in obedience to make an impact. And you could say, well, what? What can I do? I, I can't do anything. I, I, I don't know where to begin. It starts right here. Come alongside us. Make that decision now. Come alongside. Come alongside Love Life and let's cry out. and Let's cry out to the Lord together and let's believe and let's see what only He can do. Amen? amen. Truth is, amen. You can give God praise for that. You know. We will take those claps as, yes, Lord, I'm committed. You know, truth is, when we introduce this and we speak about abortion it's a controversial topic to many 
And we get it. You heard me share a few Sundays ago and last Sunday. We believe in the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus does not scream from a sidewalk and say, murder, going to hell. That's not Jesus. I mean, Jesus was in tax collectors' house, sinners' houses, eating dinner. A very own prostitute washing his feet while the religious elite were tearing him down in his heart. If this man only knew who was washing his feet. And he says, I've walked into this house. And now what time? You haven't even given me a glass of water. You haven't, even, you haven't even cleaned my feet. But this woman with her tears and with her hair has not stopped washing my feet. Jesus did not look down at that woman and say, prostitute, going to hell. But he had compassion and love. And that's the heart of Christ. And that's what I love about love life. That's what I love about what we're going to be doing. I truly believe that the reason why we're doing this and the reason why we've committed to do this, it's because the heart of the Lord is all over it. And I believe that. I believe that. And it is controversial because of that, because I think so many people have done it wrong and have spoken wrong. And maybe they had the right intention, but maybe they just went about it the wrong way and they didn't have compassion for, for that lady that found no hope and not, she felt that that was her only option. But they didn't take time to have a conversation with her and say, but why are you doing it? But rather they screamed at her. You, you guys see what I'm saying? So it becomes a painful topic. And in our, society, in our society, that's what it is. When you speak about it, many get offended. And as a church, <clears throat> we operate and we live out in his love. That these families, these moms, these fathers, those in the medical field that even partake in aborting children, that they may hear of God, please listen to this, and see the grace and love that truly transforms. I want to read a scripture. It's Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 1 and on. Look what Paul says. I, I think this scripture is so powerful, so needy for this moment. He says this, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this, this new way, this new ministry, Paul is saying God has given us this ministry. We never give up. He says in verse 2, we reject the shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or, or distort the word of God. How many of you like that? I mean, that's so amazing. Like, we're not here. This, this is not trickery. We're not trying to... Like, it's just pure. It's genuine, the, the word of God. I mean, do you understand that we're called to be heralds, right? But, but, but there's nothing that we can do that the word of God can do for itself it doesn't necessarily need us to come alongside and to make it better the word of god in itself is powerful the word of god the word of god in itself liberates the word of god in itself heals how many of you have read the word of god at a moment of your life and you've been broken in tears and you've been snot's been coming out of your nose and no one's speaking to you but the very words have become alive through these pages and it's impacted the deepest parts of your being that's the word of God. That's the power of his word. And I love that Paul is saying, we, we reject our shameful deeds, underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. I love this. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, <clears throat> it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Verse 4, Satan, who is the God of this world. Look what, he, look, what, look what he's saying here. This is the problem. This is what's going on. Church, and he says this. He has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. 
They don't understand this message. What message is Paul talking about? Come on, pop quiz. What message is it? It's the gospel message. It's the good news. They're rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting the good news. They're unable to see the light of the good news. They're blinded their minds and they can't believe. <clears throat> they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. Who is the exact likeness of God. Verse 5, you see... We don't go around preaching about ourselves. Love that. Paul's like, I don't go around and campaigning about myself. There's no, there's no big billboards with my face on it saying, Here cometh Paul, the great apostle to your town. Come and worship me. And many men do that, but not Paul. Paul's like, this is not a gospel about ourselves. I'm not parading and making this about me. We're not preaching about ourselves, but I love this. He says, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for the sake of Jesus. So powerful. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. I believe in this room, there, could be, there, there are testimonies of just this right here. That the light of Christ has shone in your darkness. I mean, do you still have problems? Yeah. I mean, you're still wrestling with some things? 100%. But, but, but has darkness fleed and now you live in the light of Christ? I'm sure we have testimonies of that. Say, man, when light came, darkness was exposed. Love that. He says... He's made the light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen, the face of Jesus Christ. And then he says, we, we now have this light. Everyone say, I have this light. I have this light. And I have this light shining in our hearts. And, and we ourselves, we're like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that, oh man, that our great power is from God and not ourselves. I mean, this, what a powerful seven verses. I get it. When Paul wrote it, he didn't write it in verses. What a powerful statement by Paul. He was on fire when he was writing this. And it's so relevant for what we're saying today. It's so relevant for what's happening today. And what are we praying? What are we, what are we saying? Well, I think you get it. I think you could put all the pieces that we're reading here together. We're praying for those that are blinded. And that those that are unable to see, that don't understand the message of the gospel... That they would receive the revelation of God's great power. Not a ministry's great power. Not a man's great power. But the power is God's. It is God's great power that has the ability to do what no man can do. It's by God's great power that they would receive that revelation of God's great power. And that is only found, as Paul says it, in Christ Jesus. That light would cancel, destroy all forms of darkness. All forms of darkness. And our prayer is that, that if there's anyone that just needs light to enter into darkness, that it would happen. And such a beautiful moment like this, like what we're going to be doing on Wednesday, what we're going to be doing on Saturday, it's a dark thing. It's, it's, it's a confusing thing. It's a, it's a blinding thing. It's everything that Paul is saying here. They don't understand the gospel because if they, if they got the revelation of this word, they wouldn't do that to the child that is alive in them. I mean, it's a real thing that is happening. They're unable to see. They're blinded their minds. They don't understand the message. And we're here today and we're praying and we're believing throughout this week 
That if there's anyone that, 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 that God could just come and rescue and that light would destroy all darkness. And that's our prayer. And that if there's anyone that is hurt or maybe experiencing any kind of hurt, that they would know that God can and will. He's the only one. He could bring healing. He could bring healing. So we're talking about abortion. We're introducing this. And, and, and it's crazy, you know. I, I asked Pastor Frank, I said, send me some of those stats as well. But, but I've heard him share some of these things as I've been able to look into Love Life and been to some of the events and, and just hearing him talking about this. And I want to just share this with you so you can see how extreme this is. That one out of every four adults has experienced or have an experience, has had an experience with abortion. One out of four. That means in this room we're speaking about something that some of you know very well and some of you could speak about. Some of you could testify or someone could, some of you maybe just need God to do something. One out of four adults and you've experienced and you've had the experience of abortion. Maybe someone paid for it. Maybe you helped someone pay for it. Maybe you encouraged someone. Maybe you knew a family member. 15,000 abortions a year in Dade County alone. I believe Dade County is the one with the most um, abortion, do you guys call them clinics? What, what, what is it? That? Centers is better said, yes. Not a clinic, a center. Abortion centers, the most is Dade County. Our very, our city, our county. 35 abortion centers, 35, just right here in South Florida. Think about what we're called to do as a church, amen? We know this scripture in Psalm 139, where the psalmist writes and he says, you formed my inward parts. We're very aware of that scripture. You covered me in my mother's womb. And right here in Psalm, what's being written is that life is happening right inside. And he says, I will praise you. Look what's happening within the womb. It's a declaration from the child. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows this very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they're all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them verse 17 oh how precious also are your thoughts to me oh god how great is the sum of them i mean you read this and you recognize that wait a minute this is speaking of of something that's of great importance of the child within and how the lord is forming and creating and how the lord has thoughts for every child. I mean, here in our church, we've had a few families that have given birth recently. And it's so beautiful, right? The whole process of all that, how it's happened. And the Lord doing that work from the womb. It's, this, this isn't an issue that's happening here. It's a baby. But we understand that for some people, it's an issue for them. It's a problem for them. But in the reality, it's a true living so it's a baby within the womb. And we know that it's not, a, it's not just a choice, man. What's growing inside the womb. We believe that it's a child. And I get it. Abortion, they've made it all about politics. And it's not politics. It's a human being created, as Scripture teaches us, in the very image of God. 
Man has done whatever they wanted to do with it to get a vote. But I'm telling you today, they're made in the very image of God. Our children, amen, and children in the womb. Here's what the Lord tells Jeremiah as he's being sent out to be a prophet to God's people. I'm sure you remember this in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb. Listen to what the Lord tells him. I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I know that's the part of God that you and I can't understand. Like when a preacher comes up and he says, when he was on the cross, <laughs> he had your name written in his heart. Huh? I'm like, how? I wasn't even named yet. When he was on the cross, your face was in his memory. And you're like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how. It was 2,000 years before I was even born. It's the beauty of God that before he even formed us, he knew of us. Before you were born, I love that he tells Jeremiah this, before you were born, I set you apart. In, 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 in this gathering right here, I mean, I could relate to this. How many of you, this scripture, has it spoken to you that you've come to a relationship with the Lord and that you know, you know what? I feel deep down inside of me that before I was born, the Lord set me apart. I could, you know, you relate to that message. He says, I appointed you, he tells him, as a prophet to the nations. You, you, you read all these scriptures and, and some more that we'll read now in a moment. But what, what, are we, what are we seeing here? That God, God is creator and he's the lover of children. He loves children. And the enemy, I believe this, wants to destroy. How many of you know that the, Lord, the enemy wants to destroy the image of God? So we're made in the image of God, so he wants to destroy us. Because if he destroys us, Christians, on this land, he destroys the image of God. Why is the enemy, why am I always being attacked? Well, you're made in the image of God, and you bother the enemy. When you're walking in victory, walking in truth, and you're declaring truth to your neighbor, and you're declaring truth to the person that works in the cubicle next to you, you think the enemy's happy? You think he's like, what? No, i got to destroy that image. i got to destroy that person. He, she represents what Jesus looks like, what God looks like. I got to come against that. So what does he do? He comes and he opposes us and he comes against us. The enemy wants to destroy the image of God. But guess what he does? He wants to destroy the weakest and the most vulnerable who are created in the image of God. Well, who is the weakest and the most vulnerable that are made in the image of God? I believe that it's the child in the womb. They are made in the image of God. And the enemy says, i got to destroy the image of God. How can I do it? I'll start with the children in the womb. Because if I could get to them, then they would never be made in the likeness of God. I won't let the world see them. And I've been made and you've been made. And the person sitting next to you, believe it or not, they were made. They're made in the image of God. I know, on the way over here, you were saying a bunch of things that they were made of. But no, they were made in the image of God. <laughs> well, you should have heard what I was saying to them on the way over here, what they really were. Well, you were just talking to the image of God. Like, they're made in His likeness. Amen. You guys know what I'm saying. And I believe that the enemy wants to destroy that. And we need to start looking at this and looking at this issue through God's eyes, at children through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of the secular culture, an unborn baby. We know that they have a heartbeat, an immeasurable heartbeat, one that measures, at, I think it's 21 weeks, 17 weeks, 17 days, I was going to say 21 days, 17 days, 
17 days. I was short by four days. That's, that's powerful. A heartbeat already. Quickly. And, and I mean, I, I was, I, I'm sure Frank's going to come up here and share it. He was sharing something about like the sonograms, for example. And he was like, man, you know that when, when, a, when, a, when a woman, when a mom goes and, and she sees the sonogram, if we're able to get her to check, do a sonogram, and she sees the baby, here's the baby. Nine, is it 95%? Upwards of 90% of, of these moms decide not to have an abortion because they recognize I have something living inside of me. Amen. And, and we have to look at all this through God's eyes and recognize like this is something that's alive and that's real. When a mom sees the sonogram and she recognizes, she says, I can't go through with this. It's God revealing to that mom, hey, there's something there and there's something that's alive. There's something that I'm doing and I get it that these these centers, they won't show you pictures of this and they won't offer these things because they know that if you saw it and what you were about to do and what people were about to do to destroy, to murder a, a, a child in which God is creating, then, then they, don't, they won't do that. They'll, they'll go opposite of showing those images and, and being able to offer those services. And, and I get it, these are strong words and, and for some it's overwhelming. But, but this is what abortion does. This is what it's all about. It's destroying that life within it's, it's murdering the life within and to give hope because our God is not a God of death. Our God is a God of life. He says he gives life. And how does he give life? Life abundantly. To win the world within. We believe that that life begins within. And we're going to be talking about this in so many different avenues in the weeks to come. But today, specifically on this topic, it starts right there with the child being born within. At conception, life begins. Win the world within. And that's what we're doing this week. We're fasting on Wednesday. We're marching on Saturday. And we're declaring, Lord, that there would be hope for the ones that feel that there's hopelessness. That there would be life. That there would be life where all they're experiencing is death. This is my only option. No, if you just know Jesus, there is hope for you. There is life for you. You know, Job was defending his, righteous, uh, his righteousness. Yeah, I guess we could say that. His righteousness. He was being accused by so many, by his friends, his wife. But as the accusations were brought against him, I want to share one thing out of many things that he says in this chapter that got my attention. It's just one verse, one sentence. He says many things in chapter 31 of Job. But in verse 15, look at these words. Listen to these words. He says, did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? Here's Job making, he, he, he's making, bringing all the accusations that were brought against him. He's laying it all out. He's talking to his friends here, and he speaks about what's happening within the womb. And, and I just thought that this was such an interesting scripture. In, in Psalm 22.10, it says, But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. What a, what a powerful scripture. I want you to see everything that we're saying. We know what Genesis 1.27, that's everything that I was just trying to bring it together. In Genesis 1.27, that God created. What did God create? He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
So God is creating, God is forming, God is doing a work from the womb. There's, 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 there's this revelation of God is here. He's doing something. And what, is, what, what, what am I trying to say here as I start coming close to a close here? It's this, is that there is worth already happening there. There is worth already in the womb. They say to play certain music. They say to speak to your child already. They say to start doing stuff already when you're pregnant. Why? Because there's already worth there. You could already start speaking into your life, to, into the life of your child from the womb. You could start setting it up for them already. So some people put certain kind of music. Some people put worship music. I mean, all these different things because we've recognized through Scripture, through our relationship with the Lord, that, that there's worth there and we're created in God's image and we have great worth. And, and, and this child and these that we're going to speak for, that they can't speak for themselves, they have great worth in the eyes of God. Amen? Amen. Our worth does not depend on the stage of development, mental or physical capacities. None of that. It's immediate. There is worth in us. All that stuff is an invention of culture that a developing baby is only a potential human. No, that's, that's not what Scripture teaches us. It's alive and, and the Lord has worth for it in, even in the womb. Amen? Amen. I want to share something I, I, that I found in, in a moment and it's, uh, it's powerful and I want to I read this to you as I was preparing for this. L- listen to this. It says, A soldier's chance of survival on the front lines of combat are greater than the chances of an unborn child surviving nine months in the womb. I, read, I forgot what article I read this from, but listen to this. Abortion is not a woman's issue. Every child has two parents that God puts the biggest responsibility for protecting children, for protecting. More instructions in Scripture are given to fathers than to mothers. So he's talking about the men now. If we men took responsibility to be pure and to guard the purity of women rather than taking advantage of them, there would be a fraction of the unwanted pregnancies if we took responsibility to raise the children. It struck me as a man, obviously, that's why I added this. If we took responsibility to raise the children we have fathered, there would be a fraction of the abortions. When men exercise deep loyalty to women and children, we, at, we are at our best. When we violate those loyalties, we are at our worst. We become abusers and passive cowards. It's powerful. The role that we play for our children, that starts right there. All I could say, church, is I hope you could rally and say, you know what? I got my own battles. I got things going on. But I want to speak for those who have no voice. Proverbs 31.8 tells us to speak up for those who have no voice. That child in the womb has a heartbeat, but it can't advocate for itself. He can't advocate for himself. She can't advocate for herself. So the church comes alongside that baby and says, we're going to speak for you. And we're going to be a voice for you. And I pray that we could stand and that we could advocate for those that can't do it for themselves starting this week. Amen? Amen. You know, maybe some of us here have been impacted by abortion. And and think about that. We opened up with this. Mothers who drove daughters. Maybe a friend. Someone that hear themselves or someone that you know you're part of it you're in the conversation of it maybe someone helped in the finances of it i mean we could go down the list of different ways that someone was part of it healthcare professionals who have referred people to do this i've heard stories of 
healthcare professionals say, your child's going to come out like this, abort the child, and they have the child, and the child is fine, and they're successful people in society today. Thank God they did not listen to some of those healthcare professionals. And even if they come out with something, does God still not love that child? It's still not something, it's still, is there still not purpose for that child? But that's a conversation we can have. But it's the reality, it's God's heart. And sometimes we've, we've seen this and we've heard stories of this. Many times people go on with life and because they've been connected to something like this, they move on, they go forward with a lot of guilt feelings, a lot of guiltiness in their lives. And, and the only way to finally deal with that guilt is to admit it, to be open and to start to admit it. As long as we deny our guilt, we can't experience God's forgiveness and you can't experience God's healing. That's with abortion and that's with any other sin in your life. If there's guilt in your life, if I can't admit it and give this to the Lord and start talking about this, I'm not going to allow the Lord to really forgive me and heal me. And we should know this, that no matter what we have done, please listen to this. No sin, everyone say no sin, is beyond the reach of God's grace. God's grace reaches the hardest of sin murderers, I mean, whatever you think, I, I know what mine is. In my mind, I, I always say there's this one sin that's greater than every other sin. I guess. It's, well, it's, you know, scripturally, it's rejecting. But there's healing and there's grace. I want to look at Paul's words, and, and I'm going to get out your way. I'm going to go back to Paul, but I'm going to read a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, Look at what Paul writes here. He says, one, speaking of himself, who was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. I mean, you had to have gone through some things, and you had to allow the Lord to do such a work. Like, okay, we're some like, you know, 2,000 years, I say, right? We're some, we're some thousands of years away from when this was written. Paul had to truly be rooted in the truth and in Christ to write this so that the church could read it, speak of it. And here we are, years and years and years, and this, these words are still being passed down. <laughs> and Paul's like, I'm good. Everyone could know who I was when the light had not shone yet in my darkness. And this is who I was. He says, I was formerly a a blasphemer, a persecutor, I was an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance of um, in, in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed. How many of you can say, thank God for that? The grace of my Lord has overflowed in my life. Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world, well, to save sinners. And I am the worst of them. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty, Paul. I am the chief of sinners. The worst of sinners. But Paul says, he came to save this sinner. You guys see what we're doing on Saturday? We're not, we're not out there to say, hey, you're a sinner. We're going out there to say, hey, Jesus loves you. Amen. And that's the prayers we're going to lift up. That Jesus would love and Jesus would have grace and Jesus would have compassion. And that's what our prayers are going to sound like. 
That's what the heart of Christ is. Because Paul's own words here, he says he came to save sinners and I am the worst of them. And you might be sitting here like, there's no way Paul is worse than me. You could fight that with Paul when you get to heaven and really take out your resume of who was the worst sinner. <laughs> but I think we get the point that he's making. I was an arrogant man. I was a bad man. I was ignorant. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, oh man, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. This is the same Paul that says that our lives are a spectacle. That's what he's saying again. A spectacle. A spectacle so that they could see Christ in me because everyone knows who I truly was. A spectacle. Verse 17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul, as he writes this, he had been a murderer, even of Christians. He considered himself to be the worst, the chief of sinners. And yet in his writing, we see that God forgave him. And God used him mightily. And God is asking and God is drawing all men to this one thing. To come to him in repentance and in faith. Come on, win the world within. Repentance and faith, all that starts within. All that starts within. And we have as a church, as a body, brothers and sisters, as a community... And this is what's beautiful about this, to come alongside others, brothers and sisters that you've never met, wearing the same color shirts, and you're going to get your shirt on Saturday when you get there, and just to pray with them, and to, get meet, and to meet new people, and to see, wow, you know what? The people of God is bigger than just this. It's, it's larger than just this. Here we are collectively on this prayer walk, and there's hundreds of us, and we're all here for one purpose, one reason. What a beautiful sight. Come on, you have an amazing, we have an amazing, I can't wait for Saturday, can't get here any faster to win the world within and to start making that declaration. And I shared Proverbs 31.8, and that's what I end with. We have an amazing opportunity on Saturday to be exactly as Proverbs 31.8 says and tells us, to speak up, speak up for those who have no voice. How many of you could say amen? Amen. We're here, we're here to even pray with you and come alongside you. And if you need to talk about anything, I'm going to stand right up here and I won't leave till I speak to the last one of you. And I know Frank will do the same thing. He would be willing to speak to anyone here. Maybe there's confusion. Maybe there's hurt. If that's, I mean, we, we would love to pray with you if that's the case as well. Amen? We're going to show a video and then Pastor Frank's going to come up here with his daughter and, and they're going to, Go ahead and share some things with us as well. Let's give God praise one more time. He's worthy of it. Church, what God started here five years ago is now spreading across this nation and around the world. Over every person that will be driving to this place today, 
we pray right now for those that are in this place that are making decisions of life and death. God, we speak life right now. We're not waiting on politicians to change the culture. The church of Jesus Christ can change the culture towards love and towards life. I've called you to the least of these. I've called you to be a voice to the voiceless. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us, that you have entrusted us to be here, to be that light that you've called us to be. This morning we gather in Charlotte, but they're gathering in Greensboro right now. They're gathering in Raleigh. They're gathering in New York City. And four new cities, Bronx, Fayetteville, Boise, Idaho, Savannah, Georgia. And let me tell you that this is just the beginning, church. This is just the beginning. did they save her life but they saved mine too church what got started here five Grateful to partner with you both. Thank you. So, my name is Frank. I'm one of the pastors and missionaries on the Love Life team. This is my daughter Mia, who's a missionary on the Love Life team also. My wife Nuria has joined us today. That video that you just saw was one of the prayer walks in North Carolina, and it was made about a year ago. And now we have over 3,000 babies that have been saved nationally. Uh, amen. Amen. Almost, nearly 100,000 prayer walkers and over 500 churches have partnered with Love Life across the 16 cities that we're in around the country. Very exciting to see how God is at work in our nation, standing for life, helping the people of the church rise up and stand for life. And the vision and mission of Love Life is rather simple. It's uncomplicated. The mission and vision of Love Life is to mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life to bring an end to the abortion crisis and to the orphan crisis. We are motivated by the great commandment to love God and love people, right? God said, love me and love them. And we're motivated by the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things. And Lord, I've, I've commanded you, and even I'm with you to the end of the age we see in that scripture. And so this is the mission and the vision of Love Life, to mobilize the church, the body of Christ. You know, the tragic truth that uh, Pastor Rigo shared some of those stats with you, the tragic truth in our city, in our nation, is there's deep darkness. I mean, we said there's nearly 15,000 abortions in Dade County, nearly 10,000 abortions in Broward County. In Broward, we know that 190 abortions every week. 
And it's said that the most difficult place to live in America is the womb. The leading cause of death in our nation, in our cities, in our county, it's not heart disease, it's not cancer, it's not a virus, it's abortion. It's a leading cause of death. And in the midst of this tragedy, in the midst of this difficulty that we have, God has brought light. And let me tell you, friends, when light comes, brothers and sisters, the darkness runs. When light comes, the darkness has no choice but to run. And this is what Love Life believes, that Love Life is not the answer. Love Life is not the answer. The church is the answer. The gospel is the answer. You're the answer. The greatest organism on the face of the planet that has the message of hope and the message of life is the church, is the gospel. And we bring that light, we bring that hope, we bring that help to women and men and families that go to the darkest places in our city. We know where the hurting go. We know where the ones that need help and need hope go. And Love Life brings the church, unites the church, mobilizes the church to go to that place to bring hope and to bring help. This is why we love the church. We partner with the church. And, you know, in that, we've seen in this season, in the last five months, we can celebrate this, we've seen 27 babies saved. We've seen 27 lives, 27 nearly nearly 16 1700 prayer walkers have joined us in the last five months and like you 27 ministries have risen up and said man we will stand for life we will be a voice for the ones that have no voice we will be a help for the ones that need help and we've got many many stories that we can share with you of the moms and families that not just we've encountered on the sidewalks but the conversations in churches the people realizing there's healing from this there's hope from this as well. And just my daughter wants to share with you just one of the stories that we have that, that I think is, is significant because it paints a picture for us of what God does when the church begins to be the church in the world. Good morning, church. It's so great to be among our people. We're Cuban. I'm Cuban. He's Colombian, but we're Cuban. Uh, so it's so great to be um, among our people and to be in the house that is so full of worship and that is so passionate, seems to be about this subject. I just want to share with you the story of Sarah, uh, Sarah and Marcus, a couple that attended a church um, up in Coral Springs. And over the pandemic, Marcus found himself without a job and they found themselves pregnant. And the enemy, who we know well to be a liar, to be a deceiver, convinced them that the solution to their problems was to not carry out that pregnancy. And so Sarah and Marcus went to Astra Women's Center, which is the clinic we're going to be praying at on Saturday, that we've been praying at the past 39 Saturdays uh, in a row. They found themselves at that clinic, making that decision for life and death, and thankfully, Because of the grace of God, one of our sidewalk missionaries was on the sidewalk calling out to them the hope and the help of the gospel, that we have resources for them. They called out to Sarah and Marcus. Sarah went inside. Marcus came back out to hear what it was that they were saying because he couldn't quite hear. And they were met with a reminder that Jesus is there. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope and the help that you're looking for, not this place. Sarah comes out still holding her clipboard with the paperwork on it which the clinic workers didn't like, uh, but she came out still holding her clipboard, and um, they shared the gospel with them again, which they knew because, again, they were in the church. 52% of church attendees have experienced abortion. But churches don't address that. Churches don't talk about that. So what do they do when they don't know the answer to something and the enemy is convincing them of a lie? 
He convinces them to go to those places and to find answers anywhere but the gospel. And so they were met with the gospel that day. They were met with that reminder. The next day, she chose life that day. The next day, they went to church. The next day, she lost her job, which is evidence of the spiritual warfare that happens. But we were able to throw her a gender reveal party. It's a baby girl. You can praise God for that. And last Saturday, we threw her a baby shower where so many churches and so many members of her family and so many members of our team just absolutely showered her in gifts um, and in love and in kindness and in grace, which is what we extend. Because as Pastor Rigo said, as my dad said, love life is not the answer. It's you. It's the church. And your sign here says that you leave the nest. Is that true? And your sign says that you make war. This is war. This is the ultimate war. And like Jesus goes to the woman at the well in Samaria, he went to her to minister to her. We go to them to minister to them. Do you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, church? Remember, remember what happened to the hands and feet of Jesus. But this is not a political issue. And like your pastor said, it is controversial. It is political. But this is the gospel. It starts in the womb, and it starts with you. So we're so thankful to have you guys with us. Come see us at the table outside. If you're uncomfortable, if you're uneasy, talk to us. Ask us questions. Pray with us. Let us pray with you. And we hope to see you Wednesday and Saturday. Thank you. Just two more things before we go. Love Life is about the wholeness of the moms. So you see us with the prayer walks and you see us reaching out to save babies on the sidewalk. And as, as essential and significant as that is, I mean, we care about the wholeness of the moms. Many of our pastors will say from womb to tomb. And that is absolutely true. See, we not only do we save the life of the babies on the sidewalk through God and with God's help, but we commit, Love Life commits to walk with every mother that chooses life, with every family that chooses life. We commit to walk with them for two years. For two years, we commit to do that, and, and that, there's a lot involved with that, but what that looks like is, for example, Mia mentioned, we throw a baby shower for those that choose life. And, and not only do we throw a baby shower for them, but we support them, we encourage them, we provide, we take them to their uh, doctor's appointments if they need to, we, we get them ultrasounds when they need that, we set them up with mentors, women with women and men with dads, and then we plug them into the local church because we know that the change that needs to take, take place is profound. It's far deeper than just on the surface. So Christ does that. So we bring them to local church, to great local churches like this one, where there's a community of faith that will love on them, and they can love, that they can learn from Christ, they can learn from you, they can grow. So we provide all of that for the moms and families that choose life, and 27 of those families this last five or six months have walked through some of that process, and we're grateful. That was one of the stories that you just heard. So this is your Adoption Week, church, and we're excited because the Adoption Week has just some of those three main components or four main components that we mentioned. The first one is this, to hear. Hear, pray, go, and connect are the four main points. And today you heard, you heard from your pastor some of the tragic truth in our city. You heard from your pastor the, the, the call to come, the call to, to leave the four walls, to leave the nest, and to go into the world with the hope of the gospel that's on your heart, the message of Christ. You heard that message. This Wednesday, as you've already heard, we're calling the churches to pray and to fast, to look to God, to trust in God. What is God stirring up in you 
as the hands and feet of Jesus, as the body of Christ to do. So we're praying and fasting on Wednesday. And then Saturday is come. Come and see. People in the church, come help the people in the womb. Come and see. And this is very much a prayer walk. So it's not a picket. It's not a protest. It's not a march. It is a prayer walk where we walk, we sing, and we pray. And the light of Christ, the hope of the gospel, the help of the local church will be brought together for women and families to see and hear. And the watching world is going to look, and they're going to look with awe when they see an ocean of blue Love Life shirts in prayer, in peaceful, prayerful Christian presence, loving on the world around them. Man, what can that look like? How much of an impact can that have? I mean, what if, what if, what if no babies get aborted on Saturday? What, what can that look like? You want to know. You want to know what that can look like. Come. Come with us on Saturday. Come pray, sing, and walk. Your pastor is going to be there as one of the churches that's going to be spotlit that day. Your worship team is going to be out there and worshiping in one area. And there's a lot of churches coming together. This is the beauty of the body of Christ that we come under this banner that Jesus is the answer. He's your hope. He's your help. And we're going to places that women and families, they need to hear it. So join us this Saturday. We're excited. All of the details you're going to get, you're going to be sent. Your pastor's going to send that out via email or text or, or however he best communicates with you. But this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in Plantation, this is going to be a movement, and not just a movement, but the work of the gospel like this city has not seen before. So come, grateful to be with you. God bless you, and we'll talk to you afterwards. Please come see us at the table outside. Amen. Um, as you guys can see, um, this is, um, hopefully it's landed somewhere there in your heart. And um, I'm believing that um, just even when we get together on Wednesday, it's just going to be special. And just to know that as we come together Wednesdays, on Wednesday, we're not going to be the only ones. Uh, churches all over. On, this, on the video, you saw different states, different, in different locations, that they're going to also be marching and, and doing this walk and praying. So it's, it's the church coming alongside and, and just really doing something uh, for the kingdom and, and just for the gospel. I think it's going to be so amazing. Please take to heart and, and speak to one of them. Um, I would love for Pastor Frank to close us off in prayer. Amen. Amen. I'm, so, I'm so grateful for him, his daughter, uh, the whole Love Life team. I'm, I'm, it's cool because we're getting to know not him personally, but them as, the organ, as an organization and what they do. And it's really a ministry. And um, so it's, it's just so special. And, and we'll hope to have him come up here again with more time so he could pour more into us and, and share some more things that God is doing. How many of you would like to see that? Amen. All right, close off in prayer. I'll be honored to, brother. Before I pray, let me just do mention this. Uh, on your seats, most of you received one of these vision books. This is the best way to get connected with Love Life and for the prayer walk. You can register for the prayer walk by digitally um, scanning that to your phone on that one page there. You can scan that to your phone, and on the back, if you'd rather prefer to write it, you can write your information. That'll get you connected with all of the information. You'll get the updates, and you'll get some specific details. You can also visit us at the table outside that has this very thing for you to uh, register for the prayer walk. Thank you so much. Someone to come with you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'm honored to be here, honored to be your friend, and thank you for letting me pray for you guys. Father, we're so grateful for today, Lord. We are thankful for the privilege it is 
to that you unite hearts and you tie our hearts together in the work that you call your church to do. Father, thank you for calling the laborers into the harvest. And we know that you've said the harvest is great. There's much to do. And the laborers are few. But Father, we are here today with some laborers. May you be at work in their hearts to raise up in us this spirit to recognize that we are, we are going to drive a stake into the ground on Saturday. We're going to send a signal fire up to every other community that no more, no more will we stand idly by. No more will we be ambivalent to the darkness around us. No more will we ignore the death of innocence. Father, thank you for allowing us this great privilege, this great work of the gospel. And we come before you and we ask you for strength that we don't have. We ask you for wisdom that we need. We ask you for clarity for any confusion that we might be walking through. We come boldly before you and know that your word says that we can come. We can come boldly before the throne of grace, that we would receive mercy and help in a time of need. Father, we need mercy and we need help. And we pray, Lord, that this day you would fill us with your presence, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would light a fire afresh in our hearts, and we would see that this is the work you've called your people to do, that this is the gospel work. It's always been to take the message of hope, the message of Jesus to those that need to hear it. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of opening your word, and we pray that we would leave here a little different than when we got here because of your spirit, your presence, your power. Lord, thank you for loving us the way you do. It's in the precious and holy name of our warrior God, our Savior and our King, the Lord Jesus. Amen.